Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melissa C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 30th. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are at page 82, the first paragraph. Perhaps there are some cases, and we'll be reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Sam S., The Twelve Traditions, Esther F., Readers of the Text, Craig F., Marge O., and Rick J. The reference numbers for Sunday, August 29th, was 17651. That's 17651. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sam S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Melissa. Sam S. recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Sam S. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Esther. Good morning. This is Esther S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OE unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you for your service, Esther F. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request sorry, that, I'm sorry, that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except for the speakers, should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We're on page 82, first paragraph. Perhaps there are some cases. We'll be reading one paragraph only. And I will now ask Craig Ash in reading. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Thank you. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, 
Perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other's happiness upmost, uppermost in mind. Keep it always in sight that we are dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Good generalship may decide that the problem be attacked on the flank rather than risk a face-to-face combat. Thanks. Okay. Um, you know, for several the paragraphs now, we've been uh, attacking this idea of uh, making amends and uh, the and the delicacy of, of making an amends uh, to somebody and, and how much damage even the amends can do. And, and I think that there's a reason for that. I, I think that, uh, um, you know, I, I suppose I should speak only for myself, uh, but and I will, I suppose, but in general, uh, we tend to be uh, in this um, disease, a part of this disease is our selfishness. You know, my selfishness, and it's it's such an important part of the disease that back in how it works, they took several pages to define selfishness to us, that, you know, I have a script and the world doesn't follow it, uh, that, that, I'm, that I expect people to do things uh, my way. I think the world ought to go my way. And so when we come to this making an amends, we 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 are we're making an amends generally for selfish behavior. Uh, generally, we're making amends for you know if if if, if it's an affair, that's a selfish uh, that that that's a selfish activity, um, you know. And so now we're going to make this amends, and if we make the amends in a selfish way, we're going to compound the the matter. In other words, I can't be. Uh, doing this just to make myself feel better. I, I can't be doing the amends uh, from an ego uh, point of view. I have to be doing this amends um, in order to clean up the wreckage of the past without making new wreckage. And and so there, there's a recommendation there, you know, and the recommendation is uh, is prayer. There's a recommendation that, that uh, we... Uh, uh, that both will decide. In other words, uh, that when it comes to forgiveness, that that uh, there's going to have to be a, a kind of a meeting of the minds, and and so we don't jump into this thing with our diseased mind, with without talking this out with a sponsor. We don't jump into this with our diseased mind without. Uh, uh, writing about it a lot, and we certainly don't jump into this with our diseased mind without praying it out uh, and, and praying about it a lot. And, and I don't mean um, the kind of licking a licking a promise prayer that takes two sentences. I'm talking about in-depth prayer, uh, so that we can check our motives and check our check our thought process and know that we're moving forward with the other person's. Uh, interests in, utmost in our minds. Um, I, I'm going to stop with. I'm going to end with a story. And uh, like that's uh, a friend. Fine, though. So oh, that's a friend. Well, I'll leave the story out and I'll just pass. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you, Craig. Thanks.
Thank you so much for sharing and for getting us started. Appreciate it. Um, I always hate cutting people off, but it's part of the job. Um, all right, so before I open up the lines for sharing, I want to remind us all that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you've shared on um, Thursday or Friday of last week, we ask you to refrain in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share? This is Larry Kay. Larry, good morning. Good morning. Who else would like to share? It's a real popular topic, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> This is where I start, like, thinking about the classroom. Ne I'm just going to start calling Nessa on you. Nessa R? Oh, Nessa. Nessa R? You. Nessa R. Anyone else? Colleen M. Colleen M? Yeah. Great. Anyone else? Russ Ann B. Russ Ann G. So here's going to be our first lineup, Larry K, Nessa R, Colleen M, and Russ Ann B. Okay, Larry, thank you. I'm going to get... Oh, thank you. Thank you, Larry K, recovered from Chicago. Thanks, Melissa. And thanks, Craig, for getting us started. I'm going to go in a different direction here. You know, I I went to see a, a, a an outdoor play um, the other day. You may have heard of it. It's an old one. It's called Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> um, and... and you know, it, it expresses the, the overpowering force of falling in love. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant thing, you know, and, and kind of what's going on, you know, in us when we fall in love. And why I bring this up is because of the precarious nature of making amends. There's that intensity of the relationship, right? And it's kind of always been a mystery. And I, I went to see this play. And at first, you know, you see Romeo and he's kind of sulking and feeling sorry for himself. And he was falling for this particular girl that didn't have any interest in him. But then he sees Juliet and everything changes. It's as if, uh, you know, like a light has just been switched on inside him. And maybe we've all been there. Um, and it's a magical moment. And it comes out of the blue and it just knocks him over, right? And it, maybe it was destined to happen. And, um, you know, we describe it even as, you know, I just knew it was meant to be. It was love at first sight, whatever it was. And then, you know, thinking about these amends, you know, where did our love go? <laughs> you, know, you know, the madness of love is, is temporary on that level because after a few years or maybe a few months, you know, the brain develops more tolerance to the, the pleasure stimulants and, you know, serotonin levels, they, they return to normal and the mist clears. And then you get to see the person you fall in love with. And, you know, maybe someone's falling in love with me, one or two along the way, maybe they see, you know, it's temporary. And, and relationships can end quickly. They can continue on happily for a while. Or I've seen them evolve into a long-term romantic attachment. I've seen people do that. And it's just a different kind of love, less passionate, more compassionate, you know. There's a different balance of chemicals. So why I bring this up, why it strikes me is because, you know, these are intensity relations. We hurt people. As Craig said, we do need, we do need to lean into God, certainly, 
you know, Bill uses the, the generalship, good generalship. We do need a sponsor to guide us. We've hurt people. There's been an intensity there. The unique thing, just wrapping up, because I'm sure my time's coming here, the unique thing about human love is that it exists on, on different levels. And, you know, there's lots of chemicals going on. And, you know, Romeo said, you know, Juliet said, my bounty is as, is as boundless as the sea. My love as deep. The more I give to you, the more I have for, for both are infinite. And yet we can hurt people too. So we need, we need help from other people with this. We have hurt people. It's a different type of thing. And, um, um, you know, it's just, um, it's extraordinary. So thanks anyways. That's my little, my little two cents. Thanks, Melissa. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Larry Kay. Okay, next up is Nessa R., and Nessa will be followed by Colleen M. Good morning, Nessa. Hi. Good morning, Vision, for you. It's, uh, it's Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I wasn't planning on sharing today, but since it was so easy to throw my name in the hat, I just thought, why not? Um, and so I kind of want to jump on Craig's bandwagon that it's so important that um, I make my amends coming from an unselfish perspective. Um, and how do I know that I'm being unselfish? Um, do I even know how to be unselfish? I mean, my gosh, um, I've been living um, a, a self-centered, self-absorbed, um, selfish life, you know, for <laughs> four and a half decades. Um, and what I was taught was that when I make amends, I can have no expectations. If I come um, with a goal of uh, being forgiven or the goal of having the person admit their fault, you know, their part of the blame um, or restoring a relationship or anything like that, then that's a selfish motive. It may be a lofty uh, motive, but it's still selfish. And so um, I have to have no expectations whatsoever, no expectations they'll be forgiven, no expectations that my apology, um, my amends will be accepted, no expectations that um, I will be admired, you know, for the, the courageous thing that I have done, um, no expectation that the person is going to make amends of their own, no expectations that the relationship will be restored you know and the truth is that i cannot fix everything that i broke you know um but i still have to make the amends um you know i had a, an important relationship um you know this a person who was a mentor to me and um and i asked her a, a um an innocent question about uh, at, 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 we were together at an event um you know, with our husbands and whatever and uh, i asked her a question about you know how something worked in our community, and she just started yelling at me in public. And, you know, what ensued was kind of like a cold war. Um, and, um, you know, I made mistakes of my own, and I was, you know, retaliating in, in passive-aggressive um, ways. And when the time came to make amends, um, you know, I prayed for a long time, and I asked God, you know, please give me the right opportunity and the right words, and the, the time came, and I prayed, and I went out, and uh, I spoke to her, and she yelled at me again um, how much I had hurt her, and how much everybody else had hurt her, and 
you know, all these things. And I kept apologizing and I kept saying, you know, I'm really sorry that, you know, I know that I caused you hurt. And I apologized several times. Um, and after a while, it was really going nowhere. Um, she just kept screaming and screaming. Um, and it was obvious that um, my apology wasn't going to be accepted, that I wasn't going to be forgiven, that she wasn't going to make amends of her own, and that the relationship was not going to, uh, to be restored at all. And uh, so I just walked away. I said, you know, I, I'm really sorry that it's going this way, and I just wanted Hi. to tell you, um, thank you, but I'm really, really sorry, but I got to end this conversation, and that's where it ended. And the relationship, the relationship was not restored, but I made my amends. And that's what's important. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Thank you so much. Okay, next up is Colleen M. And Colleen will be followed by Russ Ann B. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your, uh, for your service. Uh, Colleen M. from Maryland. Just wanted to claim my seat and say a little bit about um, it gave me a lot of hope these words this morning I had been struggling with an amend that I want desperately to make um, to my ex-husband but really questioned my motives and uh, mainly I just want to feel better and I have prayed and prayed about this and I really made living in um, ready to make an amends. I just I said I've, I've asked my higher power and I am totally, I, I want to do it. It's just, will it cause more harm? And is my motivation more about me feeling better or me actually uh, restoring any damage that, um, that I've done? So it was good to hear that every time we do the ninth step, I go through this thing and I'm like, oh, I, I'm you know, kind of get obsessed about it a little bit. And usually when I'm feeling that obsessed, it's, you know, because I just want to get out of my discomfort. And um, so, you know, some of these amends are complicated. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of, he did this, you did that. Well, you know, the um, the intimacies of a, a marriage. And uh, it's, it's not black and white sometimes. But I feel great that I am actually prepared to do it and I'm relying on my higher power to help me, um, you know, with the timing and the the proper words and like I've spoken to many people about this. Um, And most of them say, oh, I don't think you need to make an amends, but my higher power keeps nudging me that there's there's something that has to be said. Um, I just want to make sure I do it for all the right reasons. So I'm um, thankful for this, this paragraph. So um, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Colleen M. Okay, next up is Russ Ann B., and then I'll open the lines up again for more sharing. Good morning, Russ Ann. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your service, and good morning, my fellows. This is Russ Ann B., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Detroit. Sometimes I think step nine is my favorite step based on results. Um, I've had these miracles occur when I've really been coming from a sincere place and connecting with my higher power. Um, 
like people that I've been out of touch with for a long time have absolutely appeared in my life at the moment that I am ready to make an amends. And I just, you know, that's just evidence of my higher power that is so crystal clear. What I think um, has been most helpful for me in making my amends is having my sponsor or some other trusted recovered person um, to send the amends to in advance of making it. Uh, My first uh, sponsor that I met through Vision gave me a script, a formula, and I really uh, don't deviate from that formula. So I write my amends according to that formula. There are several sentences, and I cover different things in each sentence. And then I send it to someone in an email to review. And usually we've already talked about it multiple times, so they know the situation, where I'm coming from. And what I have found is even though, you know, I think I'm completely clear and I'm taking responsibility for my side of the street, sometimes there's something in there that um, I don't, not always would do harm to someone else, but maybe is more me being defensive. I did an amends last week, and it took me several drafts to get it right because I just felt like I wanted to explain to the other person what they were doing wrong that was annoying me. You know, so I was, I was fine to make amends for my side of the street, but I wanted to let her know. And by the way, you don't need to do that again. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's not going to work. It's not about the other person and me telling them about how they need to change. It's just about my change. And the other person's response is not guaranteed. But the important thing is that I am doing my internal work to try to take care of the wreckage of the past. And I do need to do it in the most kind, um, effective, and selfless way possible. Part of what I love about the ninth step is not just the appearance of my higher power when I'm working the ninth step, but also the humbling experience that comes about as a result. And I find humility to be a delicious state of being that um, I never desired before program, but now I just find it to be most freeing and most peaceful. So thank you to everybody out there who's been part of my amends process and has graciously listened to my amends and given me feedback. Um, It's just a beautiful, freeing, liberating part of this program. And I'm so grateful. And without a pass. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Roseanne B. Okay, um, so we are on page 82, the first paragraph. Perhaps there are some cases. We read one paragraph only, and um, would love to have you share if you did not share on Thursday or Friday of last week. Um, happy to take down some names. Ginger C. Awesome, thank you. Good morning. Ginger C, anyone else? Mike M, Texas. Mike M from Texas. Liz T. Liz T. Bonnie B. Oh, super. Bonnie B. 
else like to share? It's an awesome opportunity. If you've been shy, here's your chance. <laughs> okay, well, I'll stop there. It's Ginger C., Mike M. from Texas, Liz T., and Bonnie B. Good morning, Ginger. Hey, good morning, Melissa. It must have been a really good weekend. Uh, this is Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater in Louisville, Kentucky. And, you know, th this problem that I have, is ne it's never been the food. It's never been the fight that I return to over and over. The real problem is me, my selfishness, my self-centeredness, what I'm not going to get, I'm about to lose, what I need to fix and manage and control. And you know, all this work is summed up in two words. Let go. Let go. Let God get back in that driving seat. And then watch life take on a whole new meaning, a meaning that you don't even understand or comprehend. And how do we get that? We go through the 164. And I love this work because you know, I love this, have their uppermost happiness in your minds. When you do these amends, you're supposed to keep out everything on their part. You know, it says we are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell them what he should or she should do. And his faults are not to be discussed. We stick to our own. A price has to be paid. I have to be hard on myself. Because as an addict, it's just all about ginger. And I got to see my part. And I got to really own it. And then I got to really mean it. You know, we go in a forgiving and helpful spirit. I don't just check checklist and do compliance work to get the goods. That's not how it comes. It's not easy work, but again, what price, what choice do we have? You know, the price that I paid is I went back to food again. And it's been a hell of a relapse. And I'm fighting to get my life back, but I cannot believe, again, this God, this miracle power that's down deep within me, showing up like God has shown up since I was birthed into this world. So... Thank God that we get to have this uppermost happiness. Help meet their needs today. Not even if you're a man. Go out into this world and just think about how you can bring a smile on someone's frown. Turn it upside down. Turn it right side up. Give them a better day today because you're thinking of them and you're not thinking about you. And again, that's the problem. I'm always thinking about me. And thank goodness this power that's within me changes me. And helps me to think more about you because that's the greatest joy in the world. And I'm so grateful to be back and feeling God again and not eating and being crystal clean and clear. I have no choice and I have no control when it comes to food. And this relapse, that's the greatest lesson it taught me because I started slipping sideways and letting little things come in, thinking it's not a big deal. Well, it was a huge deal. I've been out eating for almost a year, and that's a huge deal, and I'm lucky to be alive today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. So happy to hear you. Thank you. And um, 
Next up is Mark, I'm sorry, not Mark, Mike M., and then Liz T. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. This is Mike M. from Dallas. Um, I want to share my experience. When the reader read the first couple lines talking about um, the frankness and the intimacy of the moment, uh, it immediately brought to mind an amends that I made with my ex-wife. And I want to share my experience of the freedom that comes from making genuine amends. You know, the thing about this program is for me, it all comes down to step two. I came to believe that there was a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. And my amends started with that power, that higher power that was greater than myself. There was nothing within me that wanted to go in and make amends prior to any of this, owning my side of the street. It was all about what had been done to me. But having this relationship with this higher power changed me from the inside, changed my heart so that it was no longer about what had been done to me, but what I had done to this person and not just this person, but her parents. And so my amends started with approaching her parents and, and making amends to them for the gift that they had given me and their daughter. And after that, I told them I had a letter from my wife, my ex-wife, and if they felt it was okay to give it to her because she was now remarried and had a family. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to create any more of a obstacle for her. And so with that, I, I did that expecting to receive nothing. Honestly, it came from within my heart because I wanted to release that. I had this anger. I had this bitterness and my higher power wanted to work through me to release that. After doing that, I, by the grace of my higher power, received the greatest gift and and got amends from both her parents and from her as well, not expecting that. For me, in that particular case, it was a situation where it was such a powerful healing moment for all of us. And I went from being afraid to see them and confront them on the street to the next time I saw them, I wanted to just run up and hug them and thank them and and express my gratitude and my love. And so that is where this program is different than anything. It comes from that power that's greater than us. So always, for me, it always goes back to step two and remembering that there's a power greater than I that can do any of this. With that, I pass. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Mike M. Thank you for sharing. Next up is Liz T. And Liz will be followed by Bonnie B. Good morning, Liz. Hi, Melissa. Thanks. I'm Liz T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Minnesota. Could you just remind me of the paragraph again? Absolutely. It's on page 82, the first paragraph. Perhaps there are some cases, and we just read that one paragraph. All right. Um, Yeah, I just was reflecting on, you know, the amends process and – 
just the, the frankness that's involved, you know, just being um, being prepared with the amends and having, I don't want to call it a script, but having a clear cut what I'm going to say and, and to keep it simple and to not go into a lot of, of lengthy um, explanations, keep it to my side of the street. So where it said the part two about um, praying about having the other person's happiness utmost in mind. Um, it's not about me getting something out of this or expecting some sort of outcome, you know, wanting the person to like me again. I had a couple of men that way where the relationship was complicated and, you know, we, it didn't result in uh, a rekindling of the relationship and that's okay. Cause I am here today to, do God's will and whatever God's will is, whether or not that person be in my life on an ongoing basis, that's none of my business anymore. You know, I let go of that outcome and um, maybe it's better for them that I'm not in their life or vice versa. You know, it's just, there's a rhyme and reason and there's a rhythm to it. And I trust my higher power that, that uh, my higher power has the best intentions and is, is working for the greater good. And my little schemes and designs have never worked the way my higher powers plans have worked. So I surrender that and <clears throat> can live more freely and calmly and at peace with with the outcome. So I guess that's the most that's standing out to me today with this reading. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Liz T. Okay, next up is Bonnie B. Good morning, Bonnie. Bonnie, press star one to unmute. Good morning. Can you hear me now? I hear you fine. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. I was talking away. Um, Bonnie B. from Minnesota, gratefully recovered and grateful for this program and everyone's service and all the shares this morning. <laughs> You know, this entire section on making amends, um, you know, I came into program not knowing I even had amends. Isn't that funny? I had no idea even, I, I had no idea I had amends to make because everything was always about me um, and I would bury it. I would just bury it, bury the pain, bury the hurt, but, but, it would, but it would be buried believing it was all about me and that what they had done to me. And when I came into program and was able to go through the steps um, for the first time in my life, I realized that it wasn't about the other person. It was about me, but it was about me in a way that I had never seen before because at my core, as others have shared, um, I am fearful. I am selfish. I am self-seeking and definitely um, dishonest on so many fronts. And then when I did come to the point with the, with the amends and making amends, um, I wanted to do that just like I did everything else. I wanted to do it like a tornado. I wanted to check it off the list. I wanted to get it done. I just wanted to have it be behind me. And um, I've come to understand that's not the point of the process at all. Um, um, as was shared just a couple of seconds ago, um, the point of the process is going back to my, my higher power, my God, and asking him, what would you have me to be? What would you have me to do? And he shows up over and over and over. I had an amends that I had sat on for quite some time because I hadn't felt like um, I was supposed to um, do it. And um, 
about a month and a half ago, the Lord brought it back to my stirred it back within me, and I made a phone call. I had um, this is a person I had babysat for, and I had stolen a lot of food when I had babysat for them. Um, and I reached out to her and asked if I could come visit her and her husband. They're in their 80s, and she said her husband was on hospice, and they would love it. And I went with a gift card in hand with the intention of making an amends because I felt like I that was the right timing. And um, it ended up being the most the most beautiful encounter. Um, and then um, he ended up um, passing away the following week. And at the funeral, I had gone to the funeral, and she had said, um, your visit meant so much to us, and, and the prayer that you had prayed meant so much to us. And I just think to myself, it is God's timing. It is not my timing, and the heart has to be right. And again, my, my, my natural inclination is to just rip through everything just so I can say I got it done. I got it done. And that is just, um, that's never God's best. That's never God's will. I'm certain of that. And so I'm grateful for the amends. As many have said, there is such a freedom. There is such a freedom in doing that, but I want to do it when God tells me to do it and do it in the way that he wants me to do it because that's when I know it will be beneficial to everyone. And that's what it's all about in the end is being of um, maximum service to them and no longer about myself. Thank you again for um, everyone's service. Thank you for this um, program. So grateful. Have a blessed day, everyone. And with that, I'll pass. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Bonnie. Be perfect timing. Okay. Um, so I'm going to remind everybody where we are. We're on page 82, the first paragraph. Perhaps there are some cases. We read one paragraph only. And um, who would like to share? If you haven't shared on Thursday or Friday, welcome your voice this morning. This is Nancy L. Marjorie. Nancy L. Melissa W. Linda D. Linda D. Loretta H. And Loretta H. Super. Okay, let's go with that then. Nancy L. Marge O. Melissa W. Linda H. And uh, Loretta H. I don't think it was Linda H. I think it was Linda. I may have gotten the wrong initial, but you'll correct me when you come on. And Loretta H. Okay, Nancy L., you are up. Go right ahead. Press star one, Nancy. This is Nancy L., recovered for today uh, in Georgia. Uh, this paragraph was really powerful for me. Um, the word about jealousy being the most horrible defect we can have is so, so true for me. Uh, I had a jealous heart, always afraid that I wouldn't get my way and um, that somebody else would get better than I. Um, and I've I'm so grateful that I that I learned about living living amends. Um, I did some things before I came into the program that there is no amount of saying I'm sorry, I apologize. None of that would do because the damage of going and trying to make amends to the people not just one person, but to the people that are harmed. Um, 
was more damaging than anything that that I could feel. So I had to turn that over to God and accept his forgiveness. I had to uh, pray so much about what I had done to hurt others. Um, and, and the only way that I can make amends to each of those people is through living amends and to promise that I would be there for them and and would never hurt them in any way again that I possibly could could do. So I think the ugliness of jealousy caused me to hurt a whole lot of people. And today, um, I let it rest easy because I know that my higher power, that I, whom I call God, um, has offered his forgiveness. And my side of the street is clean today because, because I live in a state of doing for others and being uh, caring for others and their emotional needs and the jealousy. I've asked God to please remove that defect of my character, and he so wonderfully has. Uh, it doesn't get to rear its head because when it does, I turn it back to my higher power, and he removes it. Little by little, it's gone. And little by little, the pain of the past, of those past defects are erased. And today, I just have to take one day at a time and make sure that nothing collects on my side of the street because I continue to do step 10 every day in step 11. And I'm just so grateful for the program and for the peace of mind and the peace of heart that it brings. So today I'm living in my amends. My amends are so important to me. Today, uh, Today, thank you for letting me share, and I will pass. Thanks. Thank you to oh, all, thanks. all of you. Thank you, thank you, Nancy L. Okay, next up is Marge O. Then Melissa W. And I had gotten um, it was Linda D. I apologize, Linda D. And then Loretta H. So, Marge O, you're up. Good morning. Marge. May I be heard? You sure can. Go right thank ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa, for your service. And um, I wanted to speak this morning because I've been listening closely to this whole section of, of, of Step 9, and I've shared once, but I just wanted to say thank you for all of you who are so willing to share and be so honest and open because I learned so much, and I am 75, almost 76, so I have been around the block a few times, and I have worked my steps several times over the years, but never with the intensity that, um, or haven't read this book with the intensity that we do now, and or I do now with you. And I, you know, I wanted to speak to the paragraph because what I learned listening and paying attention and meditating is that I just thought I got off scot-free, apparently, that I just had to say something out loud and I would be okay and that I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And guess what? That's what I learned. 
Yes, I did do that. No, did I sleep with someone else? No, that's not what I did. But emotionally, I was distracted and interested in everybody else except for the spouse that I was living with and that I married and that I promised to be faithful to. I had no idea of how unfaithful I was. That It doesn't have to be that I jumped in bed with someone. It just has to be that I'm not there for them. I'm not there for him because I didn't want to be. I had many more interesting things to do with my life than to really spend my time, this is my description, sitting around watching somebody watch TV because I was keeping everything to myself. And somehow that was all his fault. He didn't know how I felt. So the long and the short of it is, I wasn't the marvelous person I thought I was. And I have learned more in the last three to four years doing vision than I did for the past 30 years previous. So I thank you, and I work on my living amends. I work on my step 10, and step 11 is really become so important because it lets me look at who I've become and also who I want to be. So with that, I pass, and thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Marge L. Okay, next up is Melissa W., and Melissa will be followed by Linda D. Good morning, Melissa. Uh, hi, Melissa W., Recovered in New York. Thanks, uh, Melissa. Thanks for everyone doing service on the line. Um, what I'm reading here is that each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness, other one's happiness uppermost in mind. And what I'm thinking about this morning is selfishness, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles is certainly the root of mine. And, you know, I've been sitting in some discomfort recently. And by the way, not because anything is like wrong in my life, because like I ate when it was raining and I ate when it was sunny. Like, I'm just someone who, like, doesn't like to be uncomfortable. And right now, God's timing is not lining up with my timing. And um, I want to be running the show. I want everything to be going my way. And so I'm not comfortable, you know, stomping my feet, having a temper tantrum. And so what am I going to do to get comfortable, right? How can I get comfortable? And this is where I get to the topic right now because there is a big difference in between an amends and an apology. And so, you know, that amends, that amends has to do with other people. That amends, you know, as I understand it, is an act of humility and honesty that gets me right with God and with others. Thing is, an apology, that's an act of, of manipulation and dishonesty that gets me comfort and control. And I've been walking around dishing out some amends saying it's an amends. Oh, I owe you an amends. Is it? Did I run it through the amends process? Meaning, did I work it through the steps? Did I pray about it? Or was it an apology? Was it really about, oh, I don't feel comfortable here. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. So I'm going to like cloak it in some 12-step language and it'll make me feel better. And I just got to get real honest with myself. And humble myself and say that on the line because there is a difference. There is a difference between an amends and apology. There is a difference between when I like, the, the language is different. 
the intent is different. And, um, and this program really, it's not about, I can't do that anymore. I can't like try and, and I have to just focus on getting right with God and leaving the outcome to God. Um, and I'm really grateful to all of you for, for your service today. So thank you. And thanks for this program. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa W. Okay. Um, I know we have two people left. We only have three minutes. So, um, Loretta, we might not get to you, unfortunately. If you can stay around for the second part, um, that would be great. Um, so next up is Linda D. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Melissa. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Yep, we okay. got you. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm so I'm Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so grateful to be here and to be um, convinced of step one. I was shattered. I would stay shattered if I didn't follow these instructions. And, of course, I went through all the stages everyone's talked about. And I really do appreciate all the amends sharing recently because it's so um, helpful, really helpful. The point is I woke up today, I'm human, I have scary stuff to do, and I can do it. I may not want to do it, but I can do it. My life depends on it today as it did um, almost 40 years ago. I'm so grateful to be recovered, and I don't want to blow it. So I have to line up with a very real, very powerful God. I pass. Well, that was a surprise thing. Thanks, Linda D. So we actually have about two minutes left for um, Loretta H. Loretta, would you like to unmute and share? We could squeeze you in. Melissa, thank you, and Linda, and everybody who shared, uh, thank you for saving my life today. And I'm just going to um, hone in on the um, each might pray about it um, and leaving the other's happiness um, at uppermost in mind. And uh, this, somebody shared this on Saturday, and I thought it was brilliant. I'm trying to carry this into my living men's every day that um, the purpose is a spiritual demonstration. Now that I've recovered in this um, program, I need to demonstrate that in all my affairs. And um, I, I've made my amends, especially to my husband, and every day I have to make living amends to him. Um, and somebody said that, uh, and I did it with the process. I also had a script that my um, sponsor made me write, and then I shared it with her, and then I proceeded to make the all the amends I had to make. But um, today, and I like I said, I just learned this um, on Saturday at another meeting, that I need to bring the four absolutes into that, and that's honesty, unselfishness, love, and purity. And when I do anything today in my practice, that is the purpose to be of maximum service to God and to others. But I need to bring the um, absolutes into it because without that, it's all about me. And 
I am selfish. I am self-seeking. I am dishonest. I am fearful. And I have lots of resentment. So I really need to bring a true spiritual. And as I shared two weeks ago or whenever about I have to bring authentic intimacy into my relationships as opposed to cheap intimacy. And that's what this is all about because it's about relationships. And before program, I didn't know how to do them. Today, God has given me a grace to learn how to do them. And with that, I pass. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much, Loretta H. Well, thank you to everyone who shared, um, especially for this month of August. It's a pleasure being the moderator. <sighs> this time, um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, uh, Monday, August 30th, the 7 a.m. meeting, was 17,654. That's 17654. And we'll now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer, Will Marge O. please read A Vision for You? A book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Marge. Good morning, and thank you. This is Marge O. recovered in Massachusetts and forever grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize <clears throat> we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with excuse me, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>